everybody, and welcome to a new episode of The MinMax Show, a place about games, friends, and getting better. My name is Ben Hansen, and personally, we're happy that you're personally, on behalf of everybody, we're happy that you're here, that you found us. Uh, I am joined by Jacob Geller. 19 inches of venom. Yeah, baby! We're joined by Kyle Hilliard. What? Uh, joined by <laughs> Jeff Marchiafava. That's me. Hell yeah, we have a lot to talk about on this episode of the podcast. Uh, Spider-Man 2, everybody. Marvel Spider-Man 2 from Insomniac. We are going to be diving in and talking about this, not in a deepest dive kind of way, but we'll be really unpacking everything about this game. It had its chance. It lost the vote. You (laughs) blew it. haven't played it until now. Get ready, folks. (laughs) Uh, No, but we should point out uh, the Spider-Man 2 conversation, uh, 100% spoiler-free will be my vow to you. Uh, I think a big thrill of playing this game for me was like really not knowing where it was going to go. And so we're going to try and preserve as much as possible for you in this discussion. And then maybe we can have a spoiler filled conversation about it down the road as well. Um, But if you're watching this, listening to this, you're probably saying, what is wrong with these four freaks? I don't like them. Get them out of my ears, get them off my phone uh, because they're not talking about Super Mario Brothers Wonder, and that's an affront to God. Maybe you've seen reviews out there, and you say, why aren't these idiots talking about Mario Wonder? Uh, we don't have uh, codes yet. Uh, so we'll be talking about Mario Wonder in a big way next week. We'll be talking about City Skylines 2 in a big way uh, next week as well. I know Sarah Podorski has really been uh, playing and loving the game. Uh, but we should dive into Spider-Man 2 stuff before we talk a little bit about MetaQuest 3. And then back after the show, we have some great questions that you all submitted over there on patreon truly you spoil us with how many great prompts and suggestions and questions you throw over there on patreon so we greatly appreciate it uh but before we jump into spider-man 2 i want to thank thee for listening to this podcast if you're watching on youtube thank you you can always subscribe to the min max show on your favorite podcast app it's not a patreon exclusive Although if you're a $5 supporter on Patreon, you do get uh, early access to the podcast uh, and an ad-free version. Uh, So you get it a day early ad-free and you help support the show at the same time. But the point is we want to thank everybody for listening to the show. So we are giving away a copy of Marvel's Spider-Man 2, a code for Marvel's Spider-Man 2. Uh, It came with like the big PS5 bundle that we're going to be auctioning off during our big charity stream on November 4th. Is that Saturday? Get ready for that. Uh, But we have this code and we want to give it away to uh, somebody from the community so here's how you get it um the classic thing go to apple podcasts and leave a review for the minmax show leave a review for this podcast and include some way to contact you that could be discord name could be your twitter handle some reasonable way to contact you leave a review and we'll randomize it and on monday of course the 23rd we will send out a code for spider-man 2 on the playstation 5 so thanks everybody for supporting the show spreading the word all that good stuff and even if you're not listening on apple podcast we'd appreciate it if you left a review elsewhere as well uh, it's greatly appreciated and helps support the show uh all right spider-man 2 let's see where's everybody at um i finished the main campaign i'm 19 hours in and 69 percent done with everything just for a rough uh frame of mind here jacob but where are you at with spider-man 2 uh i finished the main campaign i think i'm i think i'm like 90 percent done uh with like i'm it's like an hour or two until i am hundo percent okay i don't know how many hours uh okay i I would guess around like 24 yeah yeah not not the biggest thing if you're intimidated by the size of open world games like this is this is a good size game from my point of view but kyle take a big sip and tell us how you're feeling about it 
and where you're at. Uh, feeling good. Good video game. Spoiler uh-huh. alert for my opinion. Um, I um I haven't gotten like the platinum trophy, but my my little percentage is a hundred. I got a hundred percent. Oh, nice. And Jeff, I know you're the earliest. Where are you at, man? Yeah, I'm like uh six ish hours in. Okay, great. Um, hey, uh, this game rules, right? It's yeah, it's I a good it, video game. Like mechanically, like the best of the three. I feel like just the way it the in terms of abilities you can do and oh like God. the variation of having the two Spider-Man was actually something I wasn't that excited about. I like both of those characters, but I don't really like switching protagonists in video games in general. Right. But I feel like this does a good job of like they they're they're like the same in the right in the right places and different in the right places yep. and, and you're encouraged to switch. So I, I ended up like uh, quite enjoying playing as a but then both basically the same amount of time. I didn't even really end up favoring one that much. Yeah, I, I'm in the exact same camp. And it's such an interesting lesson because like, you know, uh, Insomniac gave a GDC presentation where they're talking about the challenges of uh, Rift Apart, their latest Ratchet and Clank game and switching between Rivet and, and Ratchet. It's like, well, we can't give them a different skill set because that's kind of a mess and players get confused. But I think the secret that this game hits on is like having a shared upgrade tree for the two Spider-Men. So in addition to their own custom moves, which you can also upgrade, and there's kind of some tweaks and customize you can do there, which is fun, but also like by and large, here's a shared upgrade tree and you can upgrade all that. And a lot of these moves will have crossover, but it just feels like a blast of variety when you switch to Miles and it's like, oh, that's right. He has that awesome AOE attack. Okay, I'm going to use that for the next hour before I switch back to Peter, you know? And just don't think like too the, hard about how they they learn things at the same time. Just don't don't worry about it too much. Spider powers. <laughs> Spiders, they, it's a hive mind as well. People don't talk oh, about it. I, I feel like the headline here should be like, whenever we were watching those trailers when I was on like React stream, we'd kind of be like, there's there's like no way they screw this up, right? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, basically, <laughs> nope. They like, if, if you liked Spider-Man 1 and Miles Morales, very, very hard to imagine having a bad time with this game. But that almost, I mean, compared to how I feel about it, that feels simplistic because, man, this game rocked my goddamn world. You know those games that just hit you, like, at the right time in your life and just feels like the perfect game to play in this moment? Like, this was this game for me. Like, starting it out, I was so hooked in the story. I think they set a lot of very smart hooks for characters and just this feeling of just... I was so compelled. I'm almost glad we didn't do it for a deepest dive because I would have had a hard time stopping because I just wanted mm-hmm. to keep going. Like that sense of momentum in this game was so great. And just knowing that like I'm going to be on board for this great ride of a story. I know it's just when it starts out and things are kind of simple and they're focusing on relationships, you just know like this is going to get so big. I know at some point this city is going to be in very real trouble and I just cannot wait to see what happens. I know it's you know, superhero game uh, trope over and over again. You know, like, oh, eventually the city will be in trouble as well. But I was just so excited to see how they're doing everything. And I just feel like Insomniac is firing on all cylinders. I mean, this is, this is my favorite superhero game. My favorite Insomniac game, as much as I love the original Spyro. Like, I, I am Gaga over this thing. I freaking loved yeah, it. I, I actually, just to bring us all down, I think it was actually, in terms of the Spider-Man games, I think it's my the weakest story. Whoa. The, yeah. Um, I agree. Um, that's interesting, but I mean, but that's not to say like I. That's like one aspect of the game, right? And it's not even that I'm like it's a bad story and stupid. Yeah. It's just like the weakest for me. I don't know how you feel, Jacob, but it's like, I, I like if I rank story alone, I put it in third. 
Yeah, it, it's hard because it's like, I, I think they do a really good job of weaving together story and like set pieces and big moments. And yeah. I think the the big moments of this game are, are kind of operating on a level uh, almost unbelievable, uh, you know, both technically yes. and and, uh, you know, like what it means for the story. But I do think um, the. I don't know. I, I I wanted more Miles in this game, I think, is my hmm. biggest complaint. I think Miles gets kind of underserved by the story, and I think he is the more interesting of the two Spider-Men. Uh, and so I was a little frustrated on that. Um, and I think I think it is maybe a victim of just being like so big that it's like every individual plot point I do think works. But like at some point I was just kind of like, oh, my gosh, how how much have we been doing here? Um, but so so I agree with you, Kyle, and that I think I really like how tight Miles story is in in his first, you know, DLC or expansion or whatever. Yeah. And I think the um, I I think Peter's story is a little more compelling. I just felt like I saw some of the hits coming in this more than I did in the original. But, you know, it's like I still have to say, like, I still, you know, I still got got by a lot of the story <laughs> moments here. Yeah. Like, I still think that, like, they largely achieved what they were going for. What they were going for is just like different and maybe affected me a little less than previous games. We, we won't get into spoilers, obviously. And this isn't directed at the game necessarily as much as it's all Spider-Man fiction. I just don't like black suit, Peter. Sure. Like, I just I don't like it in the films. I don't like it when it's been adapted. Otherwise, I don't like that story idea. Right. Like just on a basic level. Um, and, and it was here that I was kind of like, oh, yeah, I don't really like this. It's, <laughs> I, don't, I, think, I don't like what Peter Parker's mean. <laughs> you know, we talked about kind of, you know. How the thrill of the story is like not knowing where it's going to go. There's so much like, oh, what about this? What about this? And surprises that are still packed in there for folks that haven't been fully spoiled out there on the internet unless you're really digging. Oh, yeah, there's tons of for sure. Yeah. 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 But at the same time, like, you know, just from their extended game uh, gameplay demo that they showed a while ago, uh, if you check that out where, you know, at the end, it's like, oh, I've got. Watch out, Venom has big teeth. And he's like, so do I. Or like (laughs) whatever line that is, right? Um, Where it's just. That is the section where it's like, well, I know this storyline. I know Peter is going to get a little bit darker when he has the symbiote suit, you know? And that's the, that was the only part where it's like, okay, I'm deflated a little bit in my love for the overall narrative, uh, but still, yeah. but overall, then, But then I, you I still, hit triangle and you have web wings and it's like, <laughs> what am I even complaining about? <laughs> yeah. Jeff, um, shut up over there. What do you think about this game? Uh, yeah, I've... I've obviously been enjoying it very much. Um, it it was I came into it from a weird place because I I platinum the first one and absolutely wow. loved it, and then and then I feel like afterwards I was so satiated that I like completely lost interest in the series. Kind of, I I never actually played Miles Morales, and it, and uh, I I kind of just completely checked out of like the entire preview cycle and everything for Spider-Man two while still thinking I'll play it and I'm sure I'll enjoy it. But it took like about 20 seconds, especially the way that the game starts, which we won't mention anything about, but it like immediately I was like, Oh, right. This is, this is, this series is the most stylish and polished action open world series. And it like, it took no time to get back into it and also like really 
really feel at home with the controls for how for how complex mm. it is and like how many things like every unlock they're like okay now you hold this button and then you press this other button and it's and but like somehow in the heat of in the heat of combat like i internalize it all well enough and of course like the beauty the beauty of the the series is that like you just look so good even like I'm, sh- I'm sure if you looked at what my hands were doing and what was going on at the screen at the same time, it's like the screen says I'm a genius at this game, and the controller says, you know, I'm me. But it, <laughs> it feels, it feels so good um, that I was just, yeah, I was instantly back into it and, and felt rather foolish for not having gotten more excited about it. Um, yeah, before I, before it came out. I don't know if you guys are in the same boat, but I, I, I felt bad for mirage just because of the timing of how i got it is i started mirage and played the first hour mirage and then got my spider-man code and and assassin's creed is like a slow burn game assassin's creed always starts kind of slow and then i you know started spider-man i was like oh my god this is like (laughs) they spent uh three quarters of the budget on the opening of this game yeah there is there is a okay. moment, and I've I've been talking to, uh, to to Game Informer's Blake Hester about this, who's also obsessed with the game. Um, there's well, a yeah, moment in like ripped first... through it faster than anyone. Like, else he, he platinumed yeah. it in three days. He I was know. Like, he was like, "Do you think I'm the first person outside Sony to have the platinum?" Uh, but anyway, there's a moment in like the first twenty minutes of this game where. Um, Miles is thrown yes. literally halfway across the yes. city and then jumps back. The, again in the span of like literally 15 seconds yes. and, and it is like maybe the single most technically impressive thing i've I, like i i cannot you know it's like it, it's we were talking um last week or a couple weeks ago about like what are the best looking games like what are the best looking games available right now and it's like in terms of faces i think there are probably other games oh, yeah. that still have it but like this game has just gone full in into being like we are going to be a next gen city in in speed and density and like it's it's unbelievable you know like yeah. it, the the technical level that New York is operating on here is is just wild yeah I'm totally with you I mean that opening big fight was yeah I think just it set the mood so perfectly it was like oh god I just I it made me reassess those previous two games, which I enjoyed a lot, but I didn't love. And now looking back and I'm like, have I not been appreciating this series enough? Or is this game just working on such a new level that it's just hitting some barrier in my brain that it wasn't hitting before? Cause it's just like, well, the best this, animations this ever in a game is just so literally smooth. doesn't have a load time. So it's not yeah. even giving you a chance to even pause for a moment. Right. <laughs> like it's, yeah. I mean, there's one story mission too, where it transitions between the characters. Like, yeah, the throw in the beginning is so incredible, but then there's just a story moment of like, okay, you finish a mission as miles. And then the camera is just like, whoop. And it flies to just like a couple blocks of the city, right to Peter, just all one smooth transition. It's like, oh my God, this is so cool. I mean, it is, it's the best PS5 exclusive, and I know, I know, there's not too many that are truly exclusive. But if you're looking for something to show off the PS5, this is it. All that said, I think I also, it's the only PS5 exclusive Demon Souls now. Now that like Rift Apart and Returnal are on. Oh, PC. I guess if you count PC. Oh, oh that's a good question. Astrobot. Yeah. Um, there's probably so you got Astrobot, Demon Souls, and Spider Man. Yeah, I guess the PC thing I didn't really factor in, but yeah. But I, I'm totally with it, Jacob. Where it's like wowed by the animations by how smooth it is it's just 
incredible, incredible, incredible work. I mean, one of the most impressive games ever made. It's hard to argue with, right, at this point. Um, but then at the same time, it's like, okay, faces, you know, you can't do it all. Like, they're not hideous, but it is a little bit like, eh, I feel like this is close to how the PS4 version looked. But you know what? This engine and those tools over there at Insomniac do so much other stuff well that it's not the end of the world if I'm squinting a little bit looking at Peter Parker's hair. Like, eh, I don't know. Not for me. I- I'm still thrown off a little by Peter. I'm just, he's, because yeah. like, I've spent more time with him as not that face like it just feels like he's been recast in a weird way and we're all just like ignoring it yeah so i mean with the ps5 remaster spider-man they brought in that new actor and look i'm not saying they're lying in their messaging that one that's not my spider-man i'm with you but i'm not saying they're lying in their messaging but the message of uh, hit the old actor's face didn't work on the PS5. When I hear one other studio cite that as a reason, then I'll say, <laughs> okay, but you know, whatever His happened, angle. happened. So the console couldn't handle. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, Jeff, uh, without spoiling anything, like, yeah, takes on the mission so far, all that fun stuff. Uh, yeah, they've, the, you know, the main stuff is certainly more involved. Um, it's and like I said, I, I didn't play Miles Morales, but it feels like stealth has gotten an upgrade here. Um, you you get one you get one tool that I don't think the web we line did in previous games. Yes, okay. I, yeah. I also didn't. I wasn't sure if we were supposed to say, it. but <laughs> yeah, being being able to shoot a web line and also then like shoot other ones off and just have this grid of web lines above that act as basically purchase for places that you don't have a purchase or uh, a perch, especially, especially in interior missions um, has helped a lot uh, for me, but yeah, it's just, and, and also like for, for the amount of time that you spend in interiors, like moving around is also is, is smoother than I think, you know, it's, 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 that's not like the flashiest compliment, but Mm -hmm. like you're, you're whipping in and out of, vents and all of these you know climbing on the ceilings and everything and it's like camera always knows where to be makes transitions super smooth like it's it's just the that kind of level of polish that that i don't think anything else touches yeah Um, and it 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 makes it it makes it super easy to be like okay next mission let's just keep on going um yeah yeah it does really have it's like when you are playing one of the main story missions or even some of the side missions, which I also think is is impressive, is like it doesn't it doesn't feel like there's a huge quality difference between the main missions and some of the side stuff yeah. where it's like, oh, no, they're spending a lot of money on this, too. Um, but it like it feels it feels like a uh, linear single player game in terms of like the amount of kind of focus and direction and attention individual moments get in story missions. You know, yeah. it, it does not feel like sometimes with open worlds, you're like, well, gosh, they made this whole big open world. And then the missions are just kind of like doing things within that in a way that feels yeah. a little disappointing. And this it's like when you are in a story mission, it's like everything is, you know, has been focused on with such kind of laser attention that you're like, you almost forget that it's an open world game because it's like, well, surely they couldn't put this amount of attention everywhere. Uh, <laughs> right. But but they kind of do. Yeah, it is. I was blown away with just like the variety. I feel like every mission you're doing something a little bit different. I mean, just like the previous two games at a certain point, it's like, all right, 
I've had enough of fighting these guys. I don't want to fight the hunters anymore. I get the idea. Um, but I mean, the combat's fun and you know, compared to most games, it's not going to be a huge drag, but just, I was blown away by the constant variety, different things you're doing, different, uh, arenas you're fighting in. It's just shaking things up all the time. And there are, yeah, the return of stealth missions. I think they're a lot smoother this time around than in, uh, Spider-Man 2018. It's not going to be that jarring. Like, all right, everything comes to a standstill as you struggle around this building for a while. It's like, they're all pretty short and smooth but then on top of that i think just the variety comes through in such a big way with the split between playing as miles morales and peter parker or even just having missions where you're swapping between those two characters makes it feel just a little bit different on top of really smart varied mission structure and it's just it's a beautiful combo a lot of us uh talking about how smooth this game is how smooth it is absolutely at the same time um we got code pretty early so do your own research for how this game is for the day one patch but I certainly hit, um, is a smooth game, but I hit several big bugs along the way. I mean, like, uh, I was locked out of progress once. I had to fully reinstall the game. It was quite frustrating because oh, wow. it was right at the end. And it's like, okay, I just can't do anything here. Um, there'd be situations I, I where... I had like, a few occasions like that too, Ben. Is that um, right? Where, where I just got like, like I was, you know, like crawling out of a vent. And all of a sudden I just couldn't leave the vent. Right. Right. Like it just wouldn't let me. So I had to restart the mission. Okay. And just like... Nothing that was like too crazy or distracting. I think it would be, at, at, you know, the build that we played, which it does it is getting a day one patch uh, at this point. I think they've talked about this morning on Twitter, but okay. um, like I, nothing that was like this is a broken game, but just like you know, not not perfect. I guess well, I, <laughs> it's the uh, most polite I only, way to say it. Yeah. I only crashed once, and it was when I died during the final boss, and I was like, oh interesting you know it felt almost thematically <laughs> appropriate my boss like killed my game <laughs> i had a weird thing where i loaded the game too and i loaded inside of a building just like an average building in new york city but i was like trapped in there i was like oh this is kind of cool no i like seeing it from the inside instead of just peering through the windows you'd be like oh look on the ps5 there are people actually inside those office buildings you know how exciting um let's um, see wait oh, yeah, can we make this can we make this pissy corner for a second yeah we can take a turn to pissy corner uh, too many suits from the movies. Yeah, that's okay. my biggest complaint. Okay. They've got a million suits. It it almost it is absolutely looking a gift horse in the mouth to complain about the suits when they're seemingly are like four hundred in the game. Too many from the movies. The Marvel ones look bad, and I don't want them. Like the MCU ones. I think really? there is such I, an I outcry. Used the Homecoming one a lot. I love that one. Yeah, they're just it's like they're like. What? They're like three Tom Holland I'm, I'm taking Holland Jacob ones. out of pissy corner. That's three. a bad complaint. <laughs> bad piss? I meant too many of something. <laughs> too many of an optional thing. <laughs> I would hear you if there weren't also some pretty wacky suit options. And I feel like it's a weird thing where the suits just kind of like slowly unlock as you make progress in the game. But then there's also side quests and stuff where you can unlock a slightly more interesting suit. Uh, there's different lines you can get on if you want to get a different kind of thing. But I think there was such an outcry for people being like, Give us the amazing Spider-Man suit. We need it with that first game. Yeah, I know. That... Those people are annoying. Oh, sure. <laughs> I did not like when they were doing that, and I don't like that the game has given them what they want. Uh, Sonny Johnson writes in, by the way, for an early community question, saying, Hello, web-slinging cohorts. That's us. So I've been replaying Spider-Man Remastered and have a bit of a weird quirk. Whenever I'm just roaming the city doing side content, I will wear whatever suit fits my fancy for the moment. However, when I'm playing a main story mission or going to a cutscene, I will always put the main suit of the, of the game, the advanced suit, back on. I also have a habit of doing this with other games that have multiple costumes slash outfits. Am I nuts? Um, Sonny, I'm totally with you. Like, even though you have so many wacky suits available in this game, 
It's like, I always just want to be wearing what they want me to be wearing story-wise. Once I finish the game, then it's game on for wearing something sillier, but there's a couple in this game that I do think look cool. A lot of silly-looking ones, too, but still, look, I'm holding off because I want to look the way the cutscenes want me to look in this moment, you know? Although I will say I I don't... I've just never liked the... I I don't know what to call it. I guess I call it the Insomniac suit with the white The advanced suit, yeah. I just don't particularly like it. Really? So even though I use Miles's like standard suit most of the time, I just love the classic red and blue suit for Spider-Man for uh, Peter. So that's I always kind of use that one. It's it's funny because like some t- on, on a few occasions the cutscene will put that advanced suit on for you, and I'm like, nah, man, get that thing off. Put on your <laughs> put on your classic duds. Hey, come on, man, be <laughs> although cool. I do want to call out uh, another kind of technically amazing thing is that uh, they have managed to. I don't think the first game did this every suit has a mask off variation and so like in cutscenes, when when like the characters are talking to each other you can be wearing some like weird suits and they will keep them on in the cutscene and just have like their mask off i didn't know which that. is really it feels it feels like when you're watching a cutscene and the character is holding the same gun that you were using in gameplay mm-hmm. i was like pointing at the screen being like that's the suit i was wearing <laughs> Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Also, you can like uh, unlock, like do a bonus crafting thing on top of each suit to give you like color variants. Some of those are kind of cool. Where it's like, oh, I like this suit, but I don't know about the color. But if you craft it, then you can kind of get a more classic Spider-Man color for that specific suit. Um, can I uh, swing on over to Pissy Corner? Is there room for me over here, Jacob? <laughs> well, I kicked Jacob Come on out. In. So. Okay, great. My, my thing that I don't like, and it's a conceptual thing. I don't think the the Iron Spider legs are cool. Even in the MCU, like in Infinity War, when Peter Parker yeah. gets it, I just don't like huge metallic things coming out and just doing miraculous things. And I know it's like it allows for some cool moves uh, and stuff in this game, but just I'm aware this is a game where you're using your web wings to fly through glowing big rings that give you a speed boost throughout New York City. But still, it just feels like it takes me out of any sense of like understanding the physicality of this character. It's like, I don't know, and then three ton iron legs can sprout out of his back, whatever. Here we go. And furthermore, a lot of goop in this game. Very goopy game. (laughs) Peak goop. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow would be proud. Uh, But also, it's just like, the goop, it's always just like, is it like going around the clothes? It just kind of like clips through everything (laughs) in a weird way where if you like things coming out of people's backs... This is the game for you. You got to check it out. Oh, or, or if you like a group of enemies busting through a door, like that, the, the budget for that in this game was just like mm. off the charts. Like so <laughs> many, you think you're done and enemies bust through the door like every 20 seconds, I think you guys, right? Something like that. If you like swinging around and hearing a podcast episode about the things that you just did, this is the game for you. <laughs> love it. If you love Spider-Man insisting on listening to every broadcast from J. Jonah Jameson, even when they're all just insulting him over and over again, it's like, dude, this, this is optional, right? It's us like reading hateful yeah, you YouTube have, you comments. Like, What are you doing? Just turn off J. Jonah, please. Which uh, Ben, I meant to pitch you. We should do a series of like, I don't know, 45 second podcasts that just play automatically on people's iPhones. I don't know. Oh, if that's you, interesting. You like that idea. Yeah. And you, would they be customized or just be talking about what's happening? Like in the part of Minnesota. It would be, that you yeah, live? No, it'd be trash talking. That specific person. Be like, <laughs> this person got on the bus today and boy, did they look stupid. And the, and the only way to pause it is to start an interaction somewhere. I don't right. know how you do that with okay. iPhone technology, but yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, side quests and stuff. I, I think um, I, I really enjoyed them in this game. There's there's some pretty big surprises in there where you go to a mission. And it's like, oh, this is what it's having me do. This this is uh, more different than I expected it to be. While being very vague about that, um, but I think also like I just remember in that first game doing so much looking at the map and being like, okay. It's uh, backpack time, everybody. Let's go from one backpack to the next, setting the waypoint on the map, da-da-da-da-da. And I feel like this game does a much better job of just being smooth about, like, you'll see the stuff in the world around you. You'll see a little glow of a spider bot. You'll see the green glow of, like, hey, take a photo over here. Like, you'll get the idea just by looking around. You'll see a mysterious crystal over here. Go check that out for a bit, you know, rather than looking at the map too much. I wasn't, I really wasn't checking the map until I was in like the 90 percentile That's where it amazing. was like, I yeah. have those last two things to find. That was like really the first time I was looking at the map. And I just want to shout out the fast travel being just really seamless and cool. Yeah. The way it works. Like you just, once you unlock the ability to do it, cause you do it section by section, wherever you put the cursor on the map, you hold down triangle, you get this cool animation. You're like instantly exactly there. It's, I didn't quite realize how it worked until I was later in the game, but yeah. it's really cool and impressive. Yeah. Speaking of cool and impressive, like it is, it is so cool to be a Spider-Man character swinging around New York and you just see like, okay, there's a random crime, some stupid goons wearing masks over here, or robbing something. You go over there and help uh, take them out. And then all of a sudden, like Miles Morales just swings in and the two Spider-Men are talking to like, oh, I was wondering when you were going to show up. And then just having like just a natural transition of you're doing like a finishing move on a guy. But then Miles comes in and just like they double the animation and make it look awesome. And then Miles is like, all right, good to see you, Pete. See ya. And then he just swings away. That is such a unique feeling in an open world game or a superhero game. Um, even then, if it is shattered by I don't know if you all did it, but like. Right when Miles was taking off, I then switched to Miles to see where he was. And he was like on the other oh. side of the city. You know, like it doesn't really line up like that's actually him. It's not one to one. But still, for that effect and just like, again, I can't emphasize enough. Just like the smoothness of the animations, the transitions that are happening here between gameplay. It's like unbelievable stuff. And I think they just understand what's fun so well. It's just simple little moments in this game where it's like, example, there's a moment where Spider-Man's brought very high in the sky during a cutscene, And I was like, God, you know what would be fun is if they just gave us control at the peak so we're able to like fly down and use the web wings and go across the entire city. It's like, yep, here you go. Now web wing across the entire city. Or just very small moment, but you're controlling like a spider bot um, and you're in like a music store type area uh, and there's just a xylophone sitting there. And it's like, you know what would be fun is if I flew onto that xylophone and walked down on the spider bot and it made xylophone sound noises. Yes. If it's fun, they've got you covered. You know, it's just, ugh. Every single moment like that was mwah, chef's kiss. Uh, things we haven't talked about for a Spider-Man, have we kissed its ass enough? Um, I think I think the combat actually gets off to a pretty slow start. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that it doesn't get super interesting until you uh, unlock abilities, which happens just kind of as you play the story but also like invest in the gadgets i did not kind of invest in the gadget tree for a while because at the at the beginning they don't feel very useful but then when you get like a couple upgrade tiers in they suddenly become extremely useful so uh do that and then there are some combat challenges as well and at the beginning they seem almost impossible and it's because you like are impossible to get kind of the high ranks. And it's because you go from like doing normal damage to doing like literally 170 percent damage. Yes. Just in the skill tree. So like there there are some things that 
are open to you at the beginning, but I think are kind of designed for you to play the story for a while to be able to do well with them. Yep, I'm totally with you. Where I was uh, surprisingly challenged going through the game, um, but I'm really bad at uh, stylish action games, which, you know, I guess this is close enough to in some ways, right? Um, and then started doing all the side quest stuff later, and I was like, oh, this is now a cakewalk. Like, I probably should have been doing these to get the upgrade uh, path a little more uh, beefy here. Uh, again, without spoilers, um, I thought Craven the Hunter was freaking awesome. Like, as somebody where it's like, oh, I know Craven's uh, last hunt, I get the idea that everybody in the comics really loves him. Um, but I never really experienced him, mainly being a Spider Man movie guy. Like, reading some comics here and there. But Oh, it, well, you're about to. Yeah. Oh, villains man. aren't born, they're made. <laughs> That's right. Craven in theaters. Come for Russell Crowe, stay for the other guy. Uh, but no, I, I really thought he was fun. Like every time he came on screen and he has this signature soundtrack of just like that horn blaring. It's like, I was so excited to see him every time he would pop up. And it just, it felt, it felt like a special thing. I'm like, oh, this is my first big Craven story is like this full story in Spider-Man 2. And I feel like they, as far as I can tell, did a great job with the character. I thought he was a blast to watch. He's a manager villain. You know, he really sends a lot of goons out there in his stead, I feel like. (laughs) Also, those hunters, um, the greatest hunters from around the world, but very easy to kill. Everyone in the (laughs) game can just... Not uh, only Spider-Man can kill them, anyone. (laughs) Yeah, really. uh, Pedestrians will just stick their foot out and trip one of them and they'll die. I was like, these are the greatest hunters in the world? What's going on here? But cool stuff. Uh, Jeff, I'm sticking with it, I presume? Yeah. Yeah. I've been having a lot of fun with it, so... Uh, you guys have obviously played much more. I'm looking excited, uh, looking forward to all the other stuff that I haven't gotten to. But this conversation has uh, made me excited to see. That sounded I like mean, legalese. It, yeah, it's one of those games that's just so smooth where it's like really uh, you'd be hard pressed to not finish it once you yep. start. Yeah, because it's not it's not insanely long. And, and the pace of it is just so good. You know, like there's a reason the first game. Has like a, a to me at least from the not I haven't looked at stats or anything but it seems like there's a disproportionate amount of like platinum trophies for that game mm-hmm. like people usually don't care about that kind of thing half a platinum in Spider Man because it's just like making your way through that game is just so smooth and it's like you're gonna finish it if you start I don't know that's yep. just it's yeah it's not it's no Red Dead Redemption two you know what I mean which obviously is impossible no human being could ever finish no that game yeah it. please. <laughs> Uh, Spider-Man 2, everybody. Curious to hear everybody's thoughts. I'm sure we'll be talking about it uh, a couple times more throughout uh, the rest of the year here for Max. but hell of a game. Uh, let's see. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I don't know if you all have caught this, but as we're recording this, we're recording early on Wednesday, full disclosure. Did you see the Mario uh, Wonder reviews dropped? I was literally about to ask, what do you think the Metacritic is? <laughs> uh, Wait, hold on. Do you think it's higher or lower than Sonic Superstars? I don't want to <laughs> say. We haven't played it yet. Uh, Jeff, I'm guess the Metacritic for Mario Wonder. Uh, n- a nine. Ninety. Ninety. Uh, try 94. That is oh my god, rarefied. Objectively, three points better than Marvel Spider-Man Two. That's right. <laughs> well, it had already dropped to ninety-three since Ben looked it up. Oh, so. cancel the pre-order, everybody. Um, <laughs> no, that's that is unbelievable. I was um I was on the Friends per Second podcast that'll be up on Friday with Lucy James and folks. Um, thanks to them for having me on. But that was like the first I heard people unpack their love for Mario Wonder, and like just hearing that crew. Uh, you know, like Gerard and uh, Skillop over there just talk about how much they love the game. It was like, oh, 
I was expecting it to be good, but I wasn't expecting that level of enthusiasm for Mario Wonder. But now it's now I am personally stoked uh, to jump into that game. So we'll be talking about it next week in a, in a big way. Um, speaking of stoked, uh, no one's more stoked for the future of VR than our boy Mark Zuckerberg, dear friend of the show. Uh, the Meta <laughs> Quest Three is out. Uh, Kyle, you've been playing this. You have one. Yeah, yeah, I have, uh, I have one, uh, and I've played it a lot, and I reviewed it over at GameInformer.com. Nice, and uh, the conclusion is, it's great. It's it's the best VR headset for in terms of like my perspective and my thoughts. I I I think there's no, if you're interested on VR, Quest Three is absolutely the one to get. I feel like we but just it, went through the song and dance PSVR two. It feels like that was the takeaway uh, from everybody. And <laughs> Oculus Quest Two, and I. Look, I I love VR. I have been experiencing the same thing, which is that every VR headset reviewed has the same headline, which is sorry, Kyle. No, 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 you're fine. But I I really don't think I had that sentiment for PSVR 2, to be clear. And in fact, I don't think I even I I might not have written it explicitly, but I was very much like get a Quest 2. Like, don't waste your time with PSVR 2. And I feel very strongly about that. Like the the sort of the lack of wires changes everything. And like quest three is it's it's just the 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 best looking and the smoothest and the and the mixed reality stuff makes makes a big difference in terms of ease of use you know the pass-through cameras with the full color like i can look at my phone while i'm using quest three you know not uh, like at least in a way that's like i can check the meta quest app or whatever to like make purchases and stuff like that um like it's 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 the best one but um i mean maybe this is kind of what you're getting at jacob but it's like it's not it's not going to be like suddenly you're a convert when you get quest three. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like if there if you have qualms with with VR in general, quest three doesn't really fix them. And it, it helps, though. It makes it it makes it better. It's the best one to play. It's the one I recommend first and foremost, for sure. Um, but there's those those little frustrations still exist uh for for the for the medium yeah um i i heard great things about the pass-through stuff you know you can check your phone that's great but like you know uh skillop over there on the friends per second podcast was talking about like oh yeah it's like awesome because like you can just be doing the dishes wearing the quest 3 and then like just have a youtube video and there's no there's no controller needed you just use your hands you can like resize the youtube video and it feels like it feels like the vision of the apple vision pro but for five hundred dollars instead of thirty five hundred dollars it's also uh, m- much like the apple vision pro i would never want to do that why <laughs> yeah, why would why would you ever wash dishes wearing a vr heads you don't want to also... watch your youtube essays while watching dishes yeah. on a floating screen in front of you tell me Tell no, me, truthfully. okay, I'll spend five hundred dollars. Pay up, sucker. But it's also, I mean, the hand tracking stuff is like it kind of reminds me of the first time you played the Wii, you know, where you're like, okay, well, oh, this is exciting, and you're like, and it kind of works like seventy percent of the time, okay. you know. Okay, <laughs> there like we that's, go. Like I playing around with the hand tracking for the purpose of the review. It's like when it works, it's cool. You know, you can kind of do resize things in front of you, and it it looks it looks cool, and it's very Minority Report. But it's like I picked up those controllers like immediately. I was like, this is neat, but I'm t- no one would practically use this. <laughs> like, like, OK, that, that's nice to, to do. I mean, but, but to be positive, you know, to offer some positive feedback, because I feel like I'm being particularly negative. I mean, like it's the best way to play Beat Saber, like even like <laughs> okay. Resident Evil 4 on Quest 3 is like 
is the best way it looks the looks the smoothest the pass through cameras make my life so easy because and the psvr2 does have the full color pass through camera as well which is nice yeah but like the wireless nature of it is like jacob's right I'm not going to do the dishes and watch a YouTube video with the Quest headset on. That, that's kind of an absurd notion. But if I'm playing seventh guest and my daughter has a question for me and I double tap the side and I just have a normal conversation with her and it doesn't feel too. I mean, maybe not for her. For me, it feels <laughs> yeah, for her. She's right. looking into her father's loving eyes, his robotic <laughs> yeah, glaring right. eyes. My three bug like. I remember uh, when dad was human. <laughs> <laughs> But it is it, that just means like it's the smoothest like VR experience that I've had. And, and yeah. um, like if you if you're if you've been a little interested in VR at all, like don't I quest three absolutely don't, you know, even over the sort of the steam options and the valve options and PSVR two, like quest three is from, from my perspective, like absolutely the one to get without question. Uh, are you bearing the lead? Have you played seventh guest? Uh, I, I, it, I, st- <laughs> it's funny. I use that as my example because I started it yesterday yeah. and I didn't even get past the, the start. And then your daughter because- interrupted you. Yeah, oh truly. <laughs> she needed some help with homework. So I had to put it down. But I, 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 I honestly, after this uh, podcast recording, I plan on checking it out. Yeah. I, I if you all haven't seen some of the guest VR, it is, <laughs> I'm so excited about it. It's so dopey looking. But the idea is like, is the, Reinvention of the classic game, which had like uh, FMV live action stuff happening in it, right? And so I'm just yeah, excited. Yeah, Miyamoto for this. said it was the future of video games at <laughs> right. one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. yeah. No joke. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the idea is they did live action again, but it's like 3D cameras live action. So they're real people, but you get to like walk around them. And that, it really seems cool. Uh, so like that is the first VR thing I've seen in a while. Where it's like, ooh, I do want to play that. And then the other thing is with the Quest 3. Um, there is a game called Piano Vision. Do you know about this, Kyle? Yes, I saw this. Oh yeah, my god, the, this it looks cool. Yeah, Jacob, this might be up your alley, uh, or Janet as well, who's playing piano. But the idea is, and thanks to Eric Hartley for showing the YouTube video here. Um, but it you play on a real piano, but then with the pass through camera, it projects the notes that you should be playing onto reality and it's like turns a real piano into guitar hero basically where the keys are coming down because i've seen those visualizers but they're usually it's like if you ever look up like a piano playlist on youtube it will look like that but usually it's done like with post-processing you know it's like they play the piano first and then they add those things uh that is really interesting yeah uh check it out piano vision it's a good reminder because i i do i do want to try that uh i the the mixed reality stuff has some cool potential like the game that comes with it to sort of sort of show it off the tech demo yeah is like i i did it in my office and the way it works is like you start shooting the walls of you know i started shooting the walls of my office and the walls like fell away and you're like on an alien planet and uh it it was cool. Like it, 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 it didn't feel like I, I, I gave into the illusion uh, pretty mm-hmm. quickly. Like I, and I was like, you're collecting these little aliens and stuff. But the fact that it kind of made my office feel like it was like in the middle of an alien planet was like fun. And the tech worked pretty well. It worked better than the hand tracking. I'd like to go talk to nine year old Kyle and be like, okay, you put on this thing on your head and it turns your house into a wild alien planet and the walls are deteriorating. And you go on a podcast in front of thousands of people. It's like, yeah, you know, if you want, if you want your house to yeah. become an alien planet. Did they port Mega Man X to it yet? Is that <laughs> available on there yet? I'd like to play that for a, a thousandth time if that's available. Hey, Jeffum, you know what I want to play for a thousand times? What? I 
asking asking you how this whole thing operates is what I want to play on my piano for a thousand times. My favorite note to oh, hit. Well, hit your pass through um, and then walk out in front of a bus and yell <laughs> patreon.com slash midmax. Yes. That's right. We're calling on every listener and viewer to walk in front of a bus and scream patreon.com slash midmax. Don't well, do while that. While wearing a Quest 3 headset. That's an important part of the... Yeah. Uh, it's my favorite URL. Uh, we blast it everywhere thousands of times a day for a reason, which is we want you to go there and find a tier that works for you, find a benefit that works for you, and uh, you find something that's sustainable for you, and that keeps independent games media sustainable, keeps us operational over here. All of this stuff works because of your support there, and I promise there are a ton of good benefits over there. Uh, we give a lot of stuff away to Patreon supporters, not only question of the week prizes, but uh, there's a ton of stuff happening over there, so we appreciate everybody jumping in the Discord and being good sports. Thanks everybody who competed in Trivia Tower this week. It was the Tournament of Champions. Uh, it was very intense. We got all the previous winners back in addition to having a round for everybody else, uh, but it was a super fun time. You can check it out on YouTube. Uh, the point is, thank you all for supporting MinMax on Patreon, and of course, thank you to some of our biggest supporters. Thank you to HelloFresh. They want you to know that HelloFresh is a place where you can get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Jeff, do you have a doorstep? I do. Is there food on it? There's not. That's your problem. You can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And of course, everybody, that is why it is America's number one meal kit. Uh, I, as an idiot when it comes to anything physical, but especially cooking, um, every time I have a little uh, bag of HelloFresh stuff in the fridge, it's like, okay, it really feels like a godsend. Like, I can do this. I can make a good meal in a decent amount of time. Quick turnaround. This is going to be good. And my family is going to say, num num. My baby, who's still just having breast milk, even he will look at us eating the HelloFresh meals. And his first words will be yum yum. I promise. Would be, uh, what, uh, what's what's our code for getting a discount? Will those be his first words? Actually, I, I can't believe I forgot to mention this. Yeah, my baby spoke just the other day and he said, HelloFresh.com slash 50 minmax. Use code 50 minmax for 50% off free shipping. Then he said, mandatory to repeat, go to HelloFresh.com slash 50 minmax and use code 50 minmax for 50% off plus free shipping. Uh, but HelloFresh, it does all the shopping and meal planning for you. Ingredients arrive right at your doorstep, pre-portioned and ready to cook along with pictured step-by-step recipe cards. And they want you to ask to yourself, how easy is that? You can turn to HelloFresh Market for yummy add-ons and enjoy the season's limited time fall flavors lineup. Feast on desserts like, oh. I don't want to hear anybody's tummy rumbling on this podcast. Feast on desserts like the apple cider cake with caramel sauce. Or please a crowd with appetizers like the barbecue pulled pork nachos. And don't forget about the mini pumpkin cheesecake. Perfect for a me time treat. And when it comes to MinMax, it's always me time. Us time. Together. Thank you to HelloFresh.com, America's number one meal kit. Uh, thank you as well to our dear friends at I Am 8-Bit. They rule. Go check out their store. You'll see immediately why they rule. Um, but I Am 8-Bit, everybody. They want you to know that they have the neon white soundtrack at their store. Uh, the I Am 8-Bit online store. You can get the soundtrack. It's a double vinyl soundtrack. There's a part one and a part two. You can pre-order the neon white soundtrack right now. Uh, music by Machine Girl, album designed by Ben Esposito, designer of the game as well. 
um, illustration by Rebecca Ryan for both those things. So check out I Am 8-Bit's wonderful online store. There is too much good stuff to comprehend if you go there. If you have, if you're a gamer with an exquisite taste, iamapit.com is the place for you, I promise. So check it out and you can use the promo code OOPSALLGHOULS. Oops, all ghouls, no space for 10% off of everything under $100. Help support them because they support us in a big way. Help support I Am 8-Bit because they support MinMax by shipping out a prize each and every week to a member of the MinMax community. Whoever submits the best question over there on Patreon each and every week, they win a prize. This week, they win the Untitled Goose Game for PS4, the lovely edition, the I Am 8-Bit exclusive. So how cool is that? You support independent games media on Patreon and then... You know, if you have the best question of the week, I made bit just ships you a PlayStation game, Untitled Goose Game, and it comes with a bunch of other stuff in it as well. So thank I made bit by using that code Oops All Ghouls because we like them. All right, here we go. Uh, Slycut writes in. They say, "Hey everybody, one of my gaming pet peeves is when someone starts a game for the first time and immediately hits New Game instead of going into the options menu first. It baffles me." My son does this. For multiple games, I've sat to watch him play, and he'd say something like, I wish this was like this, or this should control this way. And I'll ask him if he checked the settings menu, because it probably can be that way. He'll always check after I say something and be glad that he did, because it makes the game better for him. But he still just hits new game and will never look at options until I ask him to. (laughs) Why? Do you always look at the settings before starting a new game? Oh, big time. You got it. Uh, Yes, but I, I do think it's a PC impulse. Mm. like uh politically correct i mean um <laughs> i it's like you know playing playing games on a pc means maybe less so now but certainly in the past like going in and like changing like the resolution and like the kind of graphic settings and whatever and like seeing you know if it, if it has a benchmark and so like i got used to that i never did it when i only played on a console pre having a pc mm. But now game like console games have kind of been PCified in that like they have performance modes and graphic modes and like HDR on and off and like different things that you said. So I always do. But like it, it hasn't been my whole life. Yeah, that's interesting yeah. thinking about that. I just I feel like <laughs> this is stupid to say, but I feel like just the settings menu in the console space has gotten so much more interesting over the last five to ten years. You know, so I'm always just curious, like, what are they, what are they working with? What's going on in here? And like game like spider-man it's it's so impressive how many things you can tweak in there if you really want to accessibility wise i mean there's stuff like you can slow down the gameplay to like 30 percent speed but the cutscenes still play at normal rate like that is such a weird choice or just you know they have a whole sea of motion sickness options in there which i didn't need thankfully for this one for whatever reason uh but it's just so great to see in there and you know, you can jump right in there and turn that film grain down to zero, whatever you need to do. Like, it's just, it's, it's fun, good tweaking. Yeah. They, it's, it's also one of those games where they break the difficulty out to like, well, do you want, what do you want from difficulty? Yes. Do you want enemies to have less health? Do you want them to do less damage to you? I always appreciate that. I also do appreciate that they, they pop that up with, it's, it's like a more simplified list, but they pop it up immediately when you start, which is a, which is my, like, that marries my interest in going into a settings menu because I mostly play console and I ha- I do usually check the settings, but I don't want to have to go through, like, five pages of different settings for everything. And this one just, as soon as you start, it's like, okay, are you going to want subtitles? You know, like, it breaks it down to, like, 
the bare minimum of things of the things that you usually would check before you start a game. Yeah. Also on Spider-Man, there's a uh, there's a swing assist setting that I was not aware of that starts all the way up. And so if you actually want, you you can you can turn it down and kind of make swinging more uh, like you have to think about it more, mm. uh, which I did not discover until I beat the game. But like uh, you can do that. And then if like if you swing too low, you'll like land on the street which by default it like stops you from ever doing that. And I wonder it'd be kind of fun to combine that with um, like fall damage on. Cause obviously it's naturally on off, but like having to be kind of scared of swinging would be kind of cool. Getting it a little closer to that PS2 Spider-Man too. Yeah, that's right. The only one that matters. Uh, a game, which by the way, I watched the opening of recently <clears throat> and also has a, a, a fast fly through of the city. <laughs> <laughs> the very beginning. <laughs> oh, well, just buy that one, everybody. Yeah, but just get that one. Tanner Hoisington writes in. They say, hey, since both came out on Friday, I have to know if Kyle Hilliard is going to listen to the new Blink-182 album while playing Super Mario Brothers. Wonder. I got to see him in Berlin last month, and they sounded great, as do most of the new singles for Blink-182. Uh, I have been listening to them a little bit. Yeah, not a lot. I like that song, uh, Edging, all right, but uh, the other okay, ones, I, I'm not as... <laughs> hey, look, I didn't name the song. Someone... Uh-huh. <laughs> I was gonna say but, someone doesn't know what that means. Uh, it's a little, it's a little overproduced for my taste. A lot of effects on the voices and stuff like that. Just you know, give me a mic against a drum set and a guitar. Uh, that's all I want from Blink One Eighty Two. You guys, wait, what are they doing? Uh, like, how deep you want to go into this? Ben? Are they like tweaking it so they sound younger or something? What do you mean? No, I don't think so. I mean, like, it, but it's just like you know. They're just like effects on the guitar and effects on the voices that it's not um, like auto tuning or anything. Okay. Or like I actually like the sort of older, deeper uh, uh, voices that they have going on. But it's just a little bit like there was a producer in there like turning some knobs or I would have rather just had it be more straightforward. You know? Okay. But a punk rock, you know, like Blink-182 is known to be. <laughs> Give me Blink-182 unplugged. The purity of the music yeah. will speak no, 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 for no, no, itself. No, 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 I want them plugged in. I don't oh. want acoustic Blink-182. That's, oh, that sounds terrible. Oh, okay. <laughs> just... uh, Mark Polly writes in, they say, why do you think there hasn't been a Call of Duty movie yet? It's arti- is, it, is artistic integrity from the holders of the brand too optimistic an idea? Um, yes it is Uh, yeah this is jarring and I would put money on within a year now that especially Xbox and Microsoft officially owns Activision like this Call of Duty movie has got to be happening so soon right I mean is is it just kind of like a military operation movie or or, are there like Call of Duty characters it's price and soap it's soap in there yeah Yeah, 100% soap in there yeah they they get everybody in there it's It's gonna be military but stupid it's uh it's it's kind of it's kind of like the last of us on HBO where it's like the whole idea of Call of Duty is like if we made like the military movies into a video game and and then they're like, what if we made the video game into a military movie? It's just full circle. I mean, it's kind of what uncharted, right? Of like, all right, you want to be Indiana Jones? All right, now go back and we'll make a worse Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, based I don't on know. The just game. watch American Sniper. Weirdos, you weirdos. You need a Call of Duty movie. <laughs> I mean, Jarhead. <laughs> is there any doubt though? This movie would be huge. It, when I when I saw that question. I, and I thumbs, I thumb up, I thumbed up it. Uh, <laughs> it's just so but as soon as I saw that question, I was like, "Yeah, how isn't there one yeah, yet? How, yeah. how, who has been asleep at the wheel for like, like I think, I think 
doesn't Call of Duty like only advertise during Super Bowl at yep. this point because like that's all they need to do because they're so mainstream. Mm-hmm. They have every actor has been in a Call of Duty commercial for the Super Bowl Ooh. and they, they haven't put two and two together. Yeah. Oh, Guy Ritchie directed a Call of Duty commercial starring Robert Downey Jr. Dude, he's going to come off that hot Aladdin streak. Guy Ritchie will direct the Call of Duty <laughs> movie. That'll be my prediction. I, I mean, can Guy absolutely Ritchie see it. Directing essentially a Call of Duty movie now. Maybe it's yeah. out already, that Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah. like, Iraq movie. They I watched just, that, and I was like, oh, this is Call of Duty. Re-release what? that, but call it Call of Duty, and then just have, like, a floating name tag over Jake Gyllenhaal that says soap. <laughs> floating <laughs> name tag. I mean, would, it, would they take this, this is terrible, but would they take the Gran Turismo approach of, like, following someone who no. <laughs> joins the military? No, they would not. If we did that, we should end the movie industry. I would <laughs> never watch a movie again. <laughs> Here's what they would do. Here's what they would do is, you know, you bring in all the actors that have been in the game. So we got Kit Harrington. We have yeah. the chef from What Hot American Summer, whatever his name Ronald is. Reagan. Ronald Reagan. <laughs> oh, yeah. You bring him back. The greatest oh, actor of all time. Oh, you know you know who you need to have in it. Oh, Kevin Spacey, of course. Of he's, course. he's on the poster. He's and then you bring in everybody. Gary Oldman's been in there, too, hasn't he? Holy crap. Right? And then you bring in everybody who's ever been in the commercial. So we're talking all the funny boys. We got Jonah Hill. Channing Tatum, I assume, <laughs> you know, just get every actor who's ever been associated with Call of Duty and they're they're in the film. It's it's the multiverse of Call of Duty. They're all colliding and they have to fight soap. Uh, but <laughs> I like, mean, <laughs> do any of us know like who soap is? Like, could we describe his personality? Yeah, his ghost friend. It's very clear, Kyle. <laughs> is he? Does he have the skull uh, baklava thing? It's or? soap, dude. Uh, but is that it, him? <laughs> it's the same thing as like it's wild. There hasn't been a GTA movie. I could also see that happening within three years, and it's going to be the biggest thing in the world. Like there was a rumor a while ago that what like Eminem was going to produce it or something. Do you remember this? The GTA one, I do actually think is artistic integrity. Uh, yeah. Even even mm-hmm. though I, you know, I, I I don't I don't think Rockstar is the the most morally upstanding company. Um, I think the other potential is just like. Movies are small potatoes to Call of Duty. Like COD makes mm-hmm. more money than any movie, um, and yeah. so they might just be like, "Why? Why would we?" You know, I, our video games make a billion dollars in the first two days. Yeah, I mean, but you know what's it, cool, Jacob? A million, couple million, yeah. <laughs> a billion dollars plus the hundred million dollars yeah. that they would make from the movie. But you know, those executives want to go to a big fancy movie premiere, and it's like, "Yeah, we'll take another billion, sure," and then we get to kiss ass to hollywood even more like i don't think anybody can resist that um which Would is any why of us watch that movie as long as they don't make it political <laughs> a political call of duty movie <laughs> uh yeah i don't know kyle maybe on a plane at some point you know one of those things but uh, yeah we haven't really talked about it but officially i know we've been talking about it ugh, for years but you know microsoft does own activision blizzard king at this point and yeah. they released that trailer for throwing king in there i don't think anyone has done that they've done it in a big way they really talk about you know i listened to like phil spencer's interview on the official xbox podcast and he was big on talking up king he's like i'm gonna go meet those guys for the first time over there in sweden or wherever it's gonna be sweet Um, yeah which tells you everything you need to know they've been in the process of buying them for like six years and he's like now i'm gonna go meet them." well it's a weird thing like it's that weird thing like legally they can't officially start laying out roadmap plans until they confirm that they own them but but you could shake their hands you right. could shake their hands a little bit. Um, but in that interview, he talks about like, oh, you know, when we bought Bethesda, and I'm curious how this worked exactly, but basically with the Bethesda purchase, that was such a sure thing up until the point that they officially owned them that they had all those 
old Bethesda games ready to go for Game Pass. Like, hey, big drop, here we go. And he was saying, they're like, yeah, because this one was rocky for so long, we didn't know if it was going to happen. Like, we, we don't have a big Activision dump on Game Pass planned for this year. But he's like, 2024 for when you can expect stuff like Call of Duty and, uh, you know, Diablo series to be on Game Pass and stuff. Yeah, bring the GoldenEye remake to Game Pass please, with Daniel Craig. Please, yeah. Um, I, you know, I saw everyone was screaming. We're like, it's stupid that they made an emotional trailer about an acquisition. It's like, I hear you. It was a well-done trailer and it it got me and I'm such a sucker. But like seeing this, the StarCraft clips in this official Xbox trailer, it's like, especially because you have that moment from the reveal of the StarCraft 2 trailer where Tychus is like, hell, it's about time. It's like, God. And then they have the clip from... Uh, the StarCraft 1 intro scene where the guys in the trench and the Zerglings are coming, which is like one of my favorite cutscenes of all time. Like the fact that that makes the cut in that trailer, I understand it's corporations this, being corporations, but it freaking got me, man. I was so excited this to see is StarCraft. This your AMV there. love like coming through <laughs> is what it is. Yeah, I guess. Also, there was, a, there was a Reddit comment that it's maybe obvious and simple, but I liked it. But there's a Reddit comment about that trailer where they say, we live in a timeline where Microsoft now owns Crash Bandicoot and Spyro and Sony owns Bungie. <laughs> it is weird. It is a weird fun thing. How fun. Um, Beefcake writes in and they say, you can eat everything. Oh, interesting. You can eat everything you want for free without any negative health effects. But the only way you can use the bathroom is hanging upside down like a bat and everyone knows that you do that. Do you take that exchange? Yes. <laughs> everyone knows that poop yeah, dribbles honestly, down yeah, your chest. Like, that you well, hang upside down and shit all over I, yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's the... Uh, uh, if, it's like, if it can still be like a clean process, I don't care if people know. Like, it would be like a, a conversation piece, you know? Yeah. Also, uh, people would be like, yeah, that's <laughs> that guy who can eat anything he wants and have no bad health effects. And himself yeah <laughs> but maybe it can be like you know maybe if bats used a catheter it wouldn't be so bad so maybe that'd be an option yeah that's what i want to do use a catheter every time i have to go to the bathroom <laughs> little bath upside down <laughs> but you know there's something but you get to you don't understand you can eat anything you like, want i'm going I mean, to the state you, fair you later right today now, Kyle. no not at my I, I, at jeff yeah, i think see? you're older than me so maybe this is all moot but not at, at my age you really you you feel the effects when you make a bad choice oh yeah of course you do but it's it's not it's not killing you today kyle but isn't also, there something how fit you would be from like hanging upside down all the time? Yeah. Mm, like so you'd be doing like that. Maybe like doing yeah. those like inverted sit ups or whatever. But yeah. poop is coming out every time you do a sit up. <laughs> yes, that's the problem. I, I mean, you I could do I could that now. Out. You, you could install one of those bars in your bathroom right now, Kyle. Maybe if you did it, you wouldn't have any effects from no but the catch jeff is maybe that is the key no but the key is everyone has to know about it so kyle you have to officially proclaim to the world that you are dribbling pee down your chest i mean everyone look i suspect everyone knows that i have to go use the bathroom currently (laughs) also it's just i don't know i'd be fine the advantage of being able to eat anything i want is is worth a, a lot so but I think there's something kind of fun about the roller coaster of like, I feel really good today. I've eaten really well. I'm like, oh, this milkshake. Oh, you know, like if it's just like constant, no, I feel seven no, out of ten. No, like, no, that's dumb. Oh, it is. <laughs> Why would you? Hang on, also, sometimes I feel bad and it makes life more exciting. Yeah. It's yeah true. Also, if you could eat anything you want and you had no like bad health effects, then like 
your bathroom trips would be easy. Sorry to be gross, but it would be like no problems there. Mm, I, I mean, I could I could take it to the next step and, you know, live stream it in a, an appropriate what? way and make the money hell? off of that because everyone would be curious about how that works. What the you know? f- is wrong with you? What are you talking about? <laughs> take it to the next head. step and stream. <laughs> okay. It could be the ultimate mukbang YouTube channel. <laughs> I Look, it's a good everyone question. Everyone knows, you know. They, it could just be a curious. continuous stream going in and out at the same time. Right, right. So, yeah, you'd be famous on Twitch, dude. All you'd have to do is live stream yourself in the bathroom every day. Uh, well, you could eat anything you want whenever you want. Just with eat no it. Effects. You're fine. Uh, Rabid Lime writes in to say, if 2023 is the year of farming games, what's your most memorable farming spot in a game? Like in Chrono Trigger, the new in the hunting grounds for tech points, sniping the bird thing from the cliff in Elden Ring. I didn't know about that bird thing. Uh, it, yeah. That's the answer. It's that hill. It's the hill. If if you're a sucker, yes, you kill you kill all the enemies down the hill. But then once you figure out that there's the bird right over there that you just shoot and then immediately reload. Hang uh, on. That doesn't that doesn't it's like work it's like it. a big enemy and it walks off a cliff, right? Like you shoot it mm-hmm. and it just like falls and you get ten thousand souls or whatever. I didn't even know about this. Yeah. I was I was gonna say, yeah, that, that hill in Elden Ring of just slashing up the frogs. It's going a, up it's a twofer. Wow. Mine was, um, I don't remember if it was Fable 2 or 3. I suspect 3. But before one of the Fables came out on Xbox 360, they released an Xbox Live arcade game that was like a gambling card game that you could play. Whoa. And the the sort of tease of it was like, you can play this game and the money you earn in this game, you can take to your Fable save file when Fable comes out. Um, And that game had like a bug in it, if I remember correctly, where it was like, really easy to make a lot of money very quickly so i played it a bunch before fable two or three came out and then i started the game with like a crap ton of money because i had just like taken advantage of this exploit in the xbox live arcade game weird that's fun (laughs) mine was probably uh being a a young and dumb kid and being like if i break all the chairs in lego star wars i get studs i don't even have to go into a level and so then i would just do that yeah, like farming <laughs> chairs. No wonder you liked uh, El Paso elsewhere. That's all you do in that game. Uh, let's see. James from Michigan writes in and says, Hey, three dads and a baby. That's right. Baby Jacob. Here we go. Uh, a local game store is selling PlayStation 2s for 85 bucks, controller and all cables included. And they have a huge selection of games, including the first game I ever hit 100% on face first on display. Does that sentence make sense to anybody else? Face? Is that a game? I don't know. It's face first. Uh, could you all give me a game to look out for? Yes to Shadow of the Colossus. So James is looking for old PS2 games to, to buy uh, now that he's getting this old used console. And this is for for him, right? I know he addressed this as dad, so I didn't know if this was like... Oh, no, no, no. This is okay. just a jokey intro. I mean, for no particular reason, I feel like Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3... Hold up pretty dang well. And, yeah, uh, I would recommend getting Metal Gear Solid Two and or Three. That's under embargo, Kyle. Um, the, the PlayStation Two game, Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> don't 2? talk about it. I'm freaking serious. <laughs> um, yeah, I, SSX, SSX tricky. Oh, that's a good one. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, like Vice City or San Andreas as well. You know, yeah. I think you can skip three, but um, yeah. Right. Uh, Eco, uh, get Eco as well. Shadow of the Colossus, yeah. and then God of War Two is probably yeah. my favorite, like PS2 game, just gameplay wise. Yeah, Spider Man um, Two. Yep. Oh, I forgot about. Um, I'm looking at my shelf back there to try and see. 
frequency. Frequency and amplitude from harmonics. Freaking rule. Um, some of the greatest music games ever made. NBA Street. Let me just read off my entire shelf of good games. Uh, I, think time NBA, I think volume one, two, and three were all PS2 era. I think right? so, yeah. yeah. NBA yep. Street. Which mm-hmm. one do you two probably, right? Isn't I honestly kind of I only class? played the first one. I played a little bit of the GameCube version of three because you can yeah, play you with play Mario. This yeah. is weird. Yeah. Um Mario's played basketball a couple times. There's a three on three game for the yeah. DS. Yeah. He's a baller. Hey man, there's no doubt. Um hey, speaking of uh ballers, uh, Jared Pierce writes and says, Hey Min Max, what do you think Mario thinks about when he's running around doing his jumps? Is he focused on his goal or does his mind wander? It does not have thoughts. Not a single thought in his head. <laughs> I, I think, I think uh, like, you know, Peach is thinking all the time. Luigi is chronically anxious. He's yeah. always thinking about stuff. I, I think Mario is like, you know, there's been talk on social media about those people without inner monologues. Like, Mario takes it one step further where he just mm. does not think. So even him saying, like, wahoo, he's not thinking I'm having fun right now. It's just kind of a motor reflex. That's yeah. just air exiting his lungs. That's, just... <laughs> <laughs> That's how he can jump so high. Right. Uh, Corey S. writes in and says, is Amazon Luna, th- these are the types of questions I like, is Amazon Luna the biggest secret in cloud gaming right now? I stumbled on it one day as someone who already had a Prime account, so every month I can play four free games like Resident Evil 2 Remake, Devil May Cry 5, the Yakuza series, Metal Slug, the performance has been flawless. Granted, I do have fiber internet, and it's a special bonus to me as a Mac user. Does anyone else use Amazon Luna? I don't feel like I hear about it at all. Uh, I no. I have a controller. No one knows what that is. <laughs> but hang on. So if you have a Prime account, you can just stream all these games for free? Is that what Corey S is yeah, telling it's us? Like I can't, I'm trying to look at the list, but I'm scared to click it because it, it seems like it's adding it to my computer. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah. that's yeah. amazing that is cool though that's that is a uh that is a secret because i mean i don't know i don't know about all of us here but i mean there is like a lot of weird stuff with prime that like you don't even know you have access to yeah i uh so. i've never had prime i don't want to deal with that crap. Out, but i appreciate everybody who does and they throw sub away on twitch you could watch um the boys on amazon what a, hey kyle i'm only interested in watching one boys which is my boy uh, Boba Fett writes in. They say, "Do did this." He, does he think? Did he also, along with his Hello Fresh uh, yeah. hashtag or whatever, did he also ask you if Spider Man Two is resonating with you more because Peter's kind of a a father figure to Miles? Oh, he did actually, and I said yes, yeah. and then I Very put his little head. Mm-hmm. Boba Fett writes in. They say, "Do all, do the CLCs have a strategy for tackling side quests? Do you prefer to play them as they come up, or do you wait till you're close to completing the main game?" Great question, Boba. I like to sprinkle them. Sprinkle. Sprinkler. Sprinkle man. I I feel like I'm not allowed to do two story missions in a row. You know, it's <laughs> like I can't I can't do them back to back. So I need to do a side quest or something in the middle. Right, right. That's funny. I, 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 I always I mainline for a couple hours in an open world game before I even dabble with side quests. Like I probably do like six or seven main missions in a row. Yeah. It depends. I'll, yeah, I'll how do much a of couple main lines. ones and then I'll do every side mission as it comes up and then never finish the main game. And that's the way you're supposed to do them. <laughs> and then get harassed on the internet for years about not finishing Red Dead 2. For years that's and it. years, yes. Jeff, if you had to guess, and if you guessed correctly, you'd get a million dollars. Would you guess in your life that you will ever play Red Dead Redemption 2? And you well, can't, you can't say yes and then upside down when I do it. Uh-huh, <laughs> right. It is part of the deal, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I'm gonna finish it. No, I'm gonna go aren't. back. What? Why do people question that anymore? Also, There's no evidence. Yes, and then Ben will have to give you a million dollars. No. Yes. Hoist it on my take own baton right now. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, take it out of the budget. Uh, can we get a million dollar Patreon supporter, please? Real quick, please. Uh, Luca Alberti writes in says, "Hey panel, simple question: When was the last time your personal goatee was a 2D game?" Oh, I think that's a great question. I meant to look this up actually. I have a um, in in 2016 or 17, I can't remember. Uh, Breath of the Wild and Hollow Knight were like tied for me. Oh, uh, okay. Like, I I was like, these are both my number one, which is a little bit of a cop out. But like Hollow Knight, uh, game of the year material for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking so at my ga- like oh. game of the year. Number one. Right? Like number best one. game of the year. For me. As, as opposed to just being like in my top five or something. Correct. Right? Okay. Let's see. Uh, for me, it's 2016 Stardew Valley. Game of the year. That's a 2D. Uh, 2014 Stick of Truth, the South Park game. Are we going to count that as 2D? Yeah. Uh, that's not the biggest no. problem with uh, your pick there. So 2014 <laughs> was rough, Jacob, but I, I still love Stick of Truth, man. I'll defend that game. I thought it was a blast. Uh, so, yeah, 20, 2016 Inside for me. Oh, okay. I think it's undeniably yeah, yeah. a 3D game. Sure. And then also up for debate, uh, Fez in 2012. Mm, yeah, that's a. would say no, but I get it. Um, I mean, you never play in a 3D space, though. Ever. Yeah, it's always a 2D plane. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 2013 Rayman Legends. Also 2D, right? Mm. Like that would that would count. That's a good one. So yeah, we're we're hip. But 2D games have just as much of a shot as anything else. Uh, Bob Buell writes in and says, if you suddenly gain the ability to fire a Kamehameha energy beam, when would you actually be able to use it in your real life? Great question, Bob. Thank you for writing in. Obviously a thrill. We all want to shoot a Kamehameha beam, but what are you gonna do? Blow up the moon? Come on. Oh, yeah, geez. so what's the what's the like explosion radius? Like could I go out to the desert and like blow up some rocks or would it be like you know, it's would it make like a 10 mile crater? Not 10 mi- it depends on your power level, but it's a it's a biggie. It I mean, would, is it based on my power level actual... very low. Yeah. Uh no. Like I'm guessing I'm lower than that farmer in when Raditz came to Earth. There's no it doubt was, you're like, lower the than the baseline human. What was he like a 5 or something? 5 or 7 or something, yeah. So I'm probably like a 3, you know? Freaking two, if you ask me. Uh, I mean, we're talking. That's fine. You're probably right. I mean, <laughs> I think we should be talking like Dragon Ball level, you oh, know, okay. like young Goku level Kamehameha. Because I've never, I've never gone. I can't imagine I ever will, but I've never gone to like a firing range to like fire a gun, you yeah. know, in a safe space. But I imagine I would approach it like that, where it's like a thing I go do for fun. Like I go somewhere where it's safe, like Jacob suggested, out in the desert. And just do it as like aiming practice, but I would yeah. never like use it to like ah. There's this tree in my backyard. I got to get rid of. I'm still gonna hire someone to come remove that tree. I think the answer is like uh, I'd go to the ocean, I'd go to the beach, and I'd kind of shoot it down. And yeah, I'd kill a bunch of fish and sea turtles and whales and stuff. But what am I gonna do? Not You'd use Kamehameha? the entire ecosystem. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. It wouldn't fry the ocean. You'd you know? raise the temperature of the entire ocean. I guess, and then we would all die. Okay. Don't do that, Ben. Obviously, Obviously the answer is you shoot it at the president. Excuse me? Why are we even debating this? <laughs> what the <laughs> f- <laughs> Hey, Kyle, what's the... Uh, what? <laughs> all right. That went somewhere weird. <laughs> uh, what's the deal with the new Dragon Ball series that they're doing? Do you see this? Oh, Daima? Yeah. 
Yeah. It's like young it's, Goku, but it's not GT, but like everyone else is yeah. young. What's happening? Everyone, yeah, I feel like they looked at it's like, what's everyone's favorite Dragon Ball? And they're like, GT. They love it when these adult characters <laughs> who have we've watched grow up <laughs> over the course of decades goes back to being children, of course. So what do you think? Are they going to have like a consistent lore idea for like why Vegeta and Trunks are yeah. little babies? Yeah, no, it looks in the trailer. It looks like there's a god who like is like giving them a power check and like there's it's oh, not like I didn't watch babies it's like there's there's it's canon as far as i know that's exciting yeah uh, i mean i'm excited for new dragon ball stuff but I, I honestly like the idea of them going back to children isn't that exciting to me really yeah no i mean that exists as in dragon ball i don't know and i i just like i the thing that i love so much about dragon ball is like it is truly the life story of this giant group of friends. Yeah. You know, we've seen them as children. We've seen them become parents. We've seen them become grandparents. I like the forward momentum of Dragon Ball. I don't really want it to go backwards. Yeah. Uh, we'll Cl- see. Clayton Myers writes in and say, Last weekend, while running through the streets of Neon and Starfield, I heard a particular series of yells, chatter, and laughter that I instantly recognized as being the same crowd noise that gets looped in the original Roller Coaster Tycoon. Whoa. Jacob? Sorry, before you even finish this, I don't even know what this question is going to be, but I assumed it was going to be like, when have you heard a stock noise? And I was yeah. going to say, oh, I hear the roller coaster tycoon laugh everywhere. Oh, <laughs> my God. I got to find this. Uh, yeah. And that is the question. Are there any game sounds you've heard reused in multiple games? And do you think it's neat or a little immersion breaking when you hear it? I literally I could like call my partner in here and be like how many times have i said that's the roller coaster tycoon laugh <laughs> like it's it is so memorable all right hang on let me see if this is it here where's the laugh oh that one okay perfect uh, yeah for me it's the um and it's in movies and TV shows, but every time there's a chicken, it is the chicken sound that they used in Spyro the Dragon 1. It's just like, it's bizarre. <laughs> Even like new movies, if they have a chicken in the background, it's like it, the same sample of just the same cluck cluck sound from that same stupid chicken over and over again. Of course, I think that Spyro, Spyro got the Foley for that and everyone's <laughs> been copying it. Right, right. For me, it's... Um, this the long fall scream in dark forces is the is the second most popular scream that you hear in movies all the time behind the Wilhelm scream. Oh, really? It's it, yeah. It's like the super manic kind of Grady one that's you would definitely know it if you heard it. OK. Um, uh, Steven Nelson writes in and says, hello, Min Max. I got a better quest goal. Um, you can set a goal for yourself and we'll read it on air to hold you accountable is the idea here. Uh, November is National Novel Writing Month, NaNoWriMo, um, and I've participated a few years but never reached the 50,000-word goal. The furthest I've got was 20,809 words. I bet they're all really good, though. So my goal is to reach 21,000 words at least this year. Baby steps, you know, but I love the show. Keep up the great work. Hey, we believe in you, Stephen. Write those words. Um, Go Fish. write the same ones over and over. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Jack Torrance wrote a great book. Uh, GoFish wrote in, they say, a little bit over a year ago, I submitted a comment in the spirit of BetterQuest about my weight loss, which was 50 pounds. Since I have doubled it and I've lost 100 pounds. That's, oh, yeah. that's two Jeffums. 
I am pretty proud of myself, <laughs> but I have a related question. Uh, how do you not make your most recent accomplishment your entire personality? That's interesting. I think if you lose 100 pounds, you're allowed to make it a little bit of your personality. That's that's always going to be there. That's That seems huge. Um, right in. How does it feel, Go Fish? I'm curious what it's like to lose 100 pounds. What is, what is that like? It's got to be a wild feeling. Um, but have you ever had that? An accomplishment becomes your personality? I don't know. I mean, I get what they're saying because you are you're excited, you're proud of yourself, you want to share it, which you should. Yeah. Um, I don't think you should be scared to do that. But um, yeah, I don't know. The fact that you're even asking the question, I'm like not too worried about you making it your whole personality. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I guess so. But he did kind of make it his defining thing for writing it about. So maybe that is his personality. I guess that's true. And we do. That's how we define people on this podcast is based purely on their questions. That's like right. that one PS2 question. We assume that person only plays PS2 games. And their life doesn't exist outside of those words. Um, <laughs> Crowboy, by the way, Backstage Pass, watching us live. Thank you to everybody for watching us live or the archive here. Uh, Crowboy says, going back to the old question, there's a door closing slash opening sound effect that's in a lot of games. I think Morrowind uh, is the first time he heard it, but yep, I know exactly that door opening sound. Absolutely. Um, Paulo writes in, quick game for everybody. Step one, everyone name two different games that haven't been mentioned on the episode yet. On this episode? This episode. Yeah. Okay, so I'll go first. Um, Mad Maestro and Next Machina from Housemark. Uh, okay. Uh, Max Payne 1. Okay. And uh, Max Payne 3. Okay, great. Okay. Are you sure those didn't uh, come up? The Binding of Isaac and Spelunky. Okay. Cyberpunk 2077 and The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Okay. Um, Zelda Majora's Mask. Did we just, didn't that down. last question just mention Cyberpunk, though? Hold on, I think there's a part two. No, what do you mean? Uh, I don't know. This, I've been watching a lot of Taskmaster, which I messaged you about, Ben, and they like to make you do one task and then trick you into doing another task, and what you did in the first part makes the second part more difficult. Oh, interesting. I watched that episode that you sent me. I didn't really oh, yeah? get it. I, I don't know. Really? I really thought you would be into it. And maybe I, I, mean, I didn't even get another go. I don't know. It, it didn't. It didn't. It's was, like it's it's comedians doing pointless tasks in a very competitive way. I don't know. It just seemed like it would be a Ben thing. But yeah, no, if you don't like it, that's I, hey, man, I'll try it again. I don't know if I'm willing to say it's the greatest work of art of all time in 2023, but I appreciate <laughs> your take. Um, Jeff, I'm you're thinking. I'll, of, I'll send you like a good clip. I won't make you watch a whole episode. I'll find a good clip. OK, they mentioned Neon and Starfield, not Cyberpunk. Uh, if that's what you're thinking of, uh. Jeff. Um, okay, so we have uh, Mad Maestro, Next Machina, Max Payne, Max Payne 3, The Binding of Isaac, Spelunky, Cyberpunk 2077, and Majora's Mask. Um, and then Paulo says, all right, step two, rank them. <laughs> rank these uh, games. I knew what was happening here. <laughs> Pretty tricky. Okay. I'll say Mad Maestro is the bottom, the PS2 music game that don't play great. Would anyone, I mean, I don't know. How do you, I, I would put Majora's Mask on top I think but maybe that's just the Zelda sicko in me. I mean that's wrong but we'll put it there as a placeholder alright there we go um, um, you can put wait Ben what was your second one uh, next, next Machina, Machina from Housemark. I would maybe do next Machina second to the bottom and then third up Max Payne what? or maybe switch those maybe Max Payne is below next Machina I think I mean have you played Max Machina? No, Max Payne. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Machina. Okay, big fan, but you said second from the bottom? Yeah, well, good. do you know the other games on this list? Yeah, all right, that's fair. Um, okay, so just to be clear, Max Payne versus Max Payne 3, which one are you putting higher, Jacob, since you're the expert? 
A three. Three is higher. Really? Yeah. Sorry, so, Kyle's. I used. just have a soft spot for one. It's one of those situations, right? You put them side by side and you're like, well, three plays better and yeah. has a better written modern story but i just one is so charming <laughs> next machina is such a tight fun experience there's co-op jacob it's a lot of good robotron vibes i, I would put next machina above next hey. one okay great love it god thank god okay so the list currently stands from the top from the bottom up mad maestro max Payne, next machina cyberpunk 2077 spelunky the binding of isaac max Payne 3 majora's mask i feel like spelunky's got to be like one or two yep i agree I'll put it as two as a placeholder. Um, Binding of Isaac, where are we at? Is Binding of Isaac better than Cyberpunk is the question. I mean, I don't, I personally don't like it more than Cyberpunk, but I'm not a big guy, Binding of Isaac. I mean, let's go off of our likes. I mean, I like Cyberpunk more than Binding of Isaac. I like Binding of Isaac way more than Cyberpunk. Okay. (laughs) But I'll, I'll, you know, democracy rules. It's only one down. It's only one down. And Jacob, you put Binding of Isaac above Next Machina? I would put Binding of Isaac goes above Next Machina, and you could put Max Payne three below Binding of Isaac. I think. Whoa, of Isaac is Max Payne three worse game than Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Okay, I know uh, you're red hot well, on it. Well, no, but you know, I, I can't decide the whole. <laughs> That's list. the way to market. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we let Kyle skate with this. Do we think Majora's Mask is a better game than Spelunky? Yeah, that seems that seems wrong. No offense to Zelda fans, but we can still I'm keep it up high, though, right? Happy to be number two. Um. Yeah. Is Majora's Mask better than Cyberpunk? No. Yeah. I, yes, yes, yes. Sorry. I misspoke. I misspoke. Please we, don't. No, please don't. No, please don't. Now, we got, now has to go out the bottom. Binding. Binding is going to be. No. All right, Paulo. We have our list. Number whatever. Eight. Mad Maestro. Working our way up. So it's Mad Maestro. Max Payne 1. Next Machina. Max Payne 3. The Binding of Isaac. Cyberpunk 2077. The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. And Spelunky. The official ranking of games that no one asked for and no one cares about. Pretty good list. <laughs> hey, great list. I want to play those games right now. Uh, all right. What do y'all like for a question of the week? I, I kind of like the PS2 mm. in a weird way. I, I just I kind of like thinking of that generation and having that moment of like, God, there were a lot of really good, like important to me, at least PlayStation 2 games specifically. Yeah, it is the best generation. Um, I mean, the food one is pretty hard to deny. The bat one really. <laughs> yeah, that's bat one's honestly. good. I, I was surprised by the Call of Duty movie. I didn't expect that to pop off in such a way. Uh, these are that all great. Good, these are, I, I, I'm kind of leaning food now that that's been brought back up. I, I like the food one. It's well, weird. you're weirdly into the food one. Yeah, yeah. you were going to stream things that should yeah. never be streamed. Yeah, yeah. I'm Googling uh, how I like, to do I like that. The Call of Duty one, too. Jacob, decide it, man. Uh, Call of Duty movie. <laughs> Call of Duty movie, Mark Polly, congratulations, Polly Duty. Uh, you yeah, just that's won. That's what I could call my stream, actually. Okay, Kyle, please. This is getting too real. <laughs> I think he's really into this, guys. Mark Polly, you just won uh, Untitled Goose Game from I'm 8-Bit. Congratulations. Now it's time for something that, of course, we like to call Get a Lot of This. <laughs> hey, everybody, get a lot of this. Um, speaking of wonderful corporations, um, I, I'm charmed by this and I'm also disgusted by it, but hear me out. Um, there's a new Disney short that's playing before wish. Apparently their new movie that's also on Disney plus right now. And it's called once upon a studio. Have you seen this Kyle? No, wait. So the short is available now. Yes. Before wish releases next month. That's what I understand is happening. Yeah. But it's on Disney plus right now. And it's like, 
uh, 12 minutes long, something like that. Um, but the idea is, <laughs> it's like when the animators at Disney Studio pack it up for the day and they close those doors, you'd never guess what happens, Kyle. Nothing, the lights go out and the, the custodial staff comes in and cleans up the but office. But they do a really good job. Like, you think they wouldn't find that tissue behind the desk, but they do. It's just like a really high-quality cleaning. <laughs> like, that's what you're watching for two uh, minutes. No, all the animations come to life, Kyle, and they all interact with each other. And so the oh. premise is, like, hey, we're celebrating 100 years of Disney, and so all of the animated characters from every animated Disney movie for the last 100 years get together to take a group photo. And I get it. I know Ready Player One, uh, you know... Space Jam Unplugged, whatever that movie was called. That Call of Duty movie we're talking about. Yeah, we're just all like all of our art IP, let's ram it together. I understand we're all sick of it, but it still really got me. Like, it's still fun to see like all of these different characters and they like get out of the gate with some cool, deep cuts. Uh, it's just like it really embraces all of Disney's history in a, in a surprising way, like mixing the 2D characters with 3D and they have like Genie come back and they use like dialogue that didn't make the cut for the movie from Robin Williams and stuff. And so, and they got like all the old animators to come do it. Like Glenn Keane came back and animated the genie. And so they had to go talk to like the Robin Williams estate and be like, is this okay? We got Glenn Keane back. Uh, can we use just some scrap dialogue? And like, yeah, sure. Um, so that sounds great. It's fine. After my recent Disney world trip, I'm slowly turning into more of a Disney weirdo. <laughs> like one of those oh, adult no. Disney people. It's happening. I'm like teetering on the edge. So I, I, I don't want to watch this. I don't want to point it. fingers at anybody in particular in the podcasting arena, but the adult Disney weirdo as a Disney weirdo myself, like the parks weirdo is a certain flavor of weirdo that chills me to my core. Cause my entire life, it's like, <laughs> what are you, what is everyone talking about going to Disneyland? It's across the United States and it costs like, you know, my wife and I just looked it up on average 700 bucks yeah, it just says too much when you look it up. It's weird. Yeah. But it's like, who are all these millionaires out there that are going to Disneyland? And so this idea that everyone's like, oh, I go also, five times a year. Like, what is, what do is they happening? know that there are other places in the world that exist? That are way <laughs> like, more fun? You can go to like Mexico City or like Europe or right, something. Right, right. And to be I fair, but can you wait it. in you line guys, at those you places? You don't get it. Don't no, get what? Just, like, what? You're right. Don't I don't. <laughs> And Kyle, I am a Disney nut for like yeah. animation, but that idea of like, I want to spend thousands and thousands on going to a medium level amusement park over and over again. Like, I think you should be locked up. Yeah, no, I it, it truly was like, <laughs> it's a thing that it's like, I don't see us doing again anytime soon. But, you know, with a kid at the right age and just like going all out on a one huge yeah. Disney trip, it sure. was like it was a of a, a lifetime experience that I'm, I I encourage you to have when your kid gets a, a bit older. Like it's yeah. yeah. All right. Well, but, um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, that was my get a load of this. Get a load of this. Um, I, I, I ran across one of those beautiful YouTube things, which is an incredibly niche channel makes one video that blows up far beyond the scope of the channel. And I love it. Um, it's a channel called Jasper Juggles that four days ago uh, uploaded a video called What's the Deal with Juggling in Animation? And this is primarily... <laughs> a juggling focused YouTube channel, but they made like a video essay essentially about, about juggling and animation kind of focused on like, Hey, how come in juggling like an animation juggling, it's always just the balls going in a circle and they're like wiggling their hands. Yep. When obviously all of us juggle, you know, like uh, enthusiasts know that that's not actually what juggling is like, but he, he, he creates 
essentially like a Punnett square or whatever, with one side being type of user input and the other being degree of freedom. And so like the the kind of things that it's broken down into is like, okay, on one hand, you have like juggling and Half-Life Alex, which is like basically actual juggling even though it's animated. And then on another one, you have like game and watch where it's like, okay, <laughs> technically you're juggling, but it's not like juggling. And then there's like Kaizo Mario games where you're like throwing up multiple shells at the same time. So you are like juggling those shells, huh. even though it does not resemble actual juggling. And so it's just this very fascinating thing. And he has literally hundreds of examples of just like the that. most minuscule obscure there's like there's an episode of king of the hill where there's a dog juggling in the corner and it's like that's got a clip or like <laughs> you know 17 different times in bob's burgers when they've shown like juggling characters on screen or it's just like there there is no nothing too esoteric to be in this juggling video i love that that's so good if you would told me the secret to cracking youtube's algorithm was juggling animations like, oh, of course it's right there <laughs> we all knew but, it yeah. but none of us were brave enough to do it uh, right, until yeah. that guy uh get a load of this um this one is technically 32 years old. Um, I'm I'm late to the party on it. Somehow I never heard about this, uh, but it's a clip of. Well, it's the full it's the full song. It's Nirvana doing Smells Like Teen Spirit on Top of the Pops 1991. Uh, and apparently like this, this was a famous thing that I just that escaped my Nirvana knowledge. But apparently uh, Top of the Pops oh, was like a, a like a British, you know, top 10 songs of the week that they would bring in, you know, very poppy um, artists on to do their song, basically like Casey Kasem, you know, the, whatever the top records were for that, uh, that week. And they, they had Nirvana on one time, um, but they, they told Nirvana that they, that they couldn't play, that they had to lip sync the song. And Nirvana said, that's stupid and not really what they do. And so they told him, okay, well, Kurt Cobain can sing, but you have to you have to pantomime all the instruments instead and because it's live. And I guess that's how they did the show. And so they agreed to it. And then they just put on like the stupidest like mock performance <laughs> that you could possibly imagine. It, like and everybody, everybody did. And Kurt Cobain sung it in like the stupidest voice and was like trying to jam the microphone in his mouth while he was doing it. And just like <laughs> pantomiming the worst. And it's uh, it's very funny. Um, it, it was a it was a real rabbit hole that I went down last night, uh, but that's where it ended. Um, and I'm I was sad I had never seen it until now. But oh, this um, is good. It, it looks it looks like that E3 We Music presentation, <laughs> like yes. the way that they're playing their instruments. Uh, all yeah. these all these links below are in the description, uh, by the way, uh, for YouTube and, and the podcast. So if you want to actually look at this stuff. Hey, uh, get a load of this. This is a, a quick one that just got my attention. It's, it was on Reddit, and it's just a video. It's about 35 seconds long, and it's just footage of nuclear reactor startups. Startups. And it's just like a collection of, I don't know, five or six nuclear reactors starting up. And it just like like gave me this weird feeling in my chest of like, oh, that factory from inside kind of exists. <laughs> like, and it's just like... Yeah, I, that that scene in Inside in particular where you're like staying safe and like these just giant blasts are coming at you. 
it's not that extreme. That's not what the footage is, but it just instantly made me think of that and made me like uncomfortable in a, in an interesting way that I, I'm eager to share with all of you links below. Make everybody else uncomfortable. <laughs> I'll take it. I get a load of this Hanson. I got one from the community. If you'd like to hear that. God dang, I'm ready to get a load of it. Uh, this is from screaming Steve Evolution. This is what started the rabbit, the song rabbit hole for me. Um, it's a clip of a, of a artist named Fernando Ufret, who, who does a lot of acoustic covers of songs um, and in this one, he he sings arms wide open, but he sings it as Cartman from South Park. Okay, and it's and he he nails he nails the impression. Uh, and I I didn't know that this is what I needed to hear, but um, it's it's very good. And if Jacob Geller listens to it, he'll suddenly say, you know what? Maybe Stick of Truth was a pretty fun game. <laughs> yeah, probably. Gonna take it's, a lot it's to get what there, the game but. needed. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's see. We got stuff coming up here at MinMax. Uh, the big thing is if you listen to this uh, deep into the podcast, thank you, and you've proven yourself worthy um, of attending the MinMax community meetup happening in Seattle. Petoskey's is the name of the restaurant and bar in Seattle. Um, P-E-T-O-S-K-E-Y. The thing is it's a p-o-t-o-s-k-e-y it's uh, a minnesota themed bar in seattle which is why we chose it and so it is our fourth anniversary celebration minmax is four years old next week which is a wild thing to think about but thanks everybody for supporting us for making this whole thing possible if you didn't go to that patreon.com slash minmax with two ends link um we would all be just in a gutter like et just white and pale um, but, uh, instead we'll be in Seattle. And so come say hello to us. You don't need to be a Patreon supporter to, to come say hello, bring a friend. We're going to be at Petoskey's Sunday, October 22nd, Kelsey Lewin and I, and a bunch of other friends. So Sunday, October 22nd at 7 PM, 7 PM. If you're in the Seattle area, please come by Petoskey's October 22nd, 7 PM. Don't be shy. Let's talk about Mario wonder together, please. Um, also, reminder, we have the deepest dive on Alan Wake 2 happening. You all voted for it over on Patreon, so we got a good crew to unpack that game, give it the best, most thorough discussion about the game on the internet. Um, and if you support us on Patreon, you can unlock that whole discussion in the bonus podcast feed, which is oh so convenient because it's going to be long and you unlock a bunch of other stuff in that bonus podcast feed as well that I promise you'll like. Um, and also, if you support us at any tier, you can submit comments that we'll read during the deepest dive on Alan Wake 2. So please help support that Game Club format by supporting us on Patreon because it is a stupid thing to do. If um, you were running any other gaming website, you would say, well, we can't possibly devote this many hours to one game like Alan Wake 2. But the reason we can is because we have the support of people on Patreon. So help catch us when we jump out the window uh, financially. <laughs> Um, also reminder, um, Saturday, November 4th, we have our big charity stream happening. What we previously called the extra life stream, same format, same idea, but we're supporting a smaller nonprofit now. So this is technically a give to the max stream, which we didn't come up with. It's a thing here in Minnesota. And so it kind of is an extra incentive for donations, but all the donations are going to connections to inner, uh, connections to inner Connections to Independence, I need to get that word down, which is helping foster kids in uh, Minneapolis. Uh, so help support that. We have a ton of great items uh, to give away during an auction, a charity auction. And so we're going to have a post on Patreon soon running through the time for all those auctions, all the segments. But it'll be a lot of folks rotating through the studio here in Minneapolis. And we're going to be doing a, a ton of auctions. I'm excited to have Jeff and Kyle swing by. 
That's right. I Together. Mean, first time you've been on Extra Life in a while, I guess. I mean, remotely, you did it two years ago. Yeah. All right. Last year. Yeah, so, that's going to be fun. So they're going to be kicking off the stream. So uh, that's Saturday, November 4th on MinMax's YouTube channel. Uh, jump in, win a game code by donating. And also you can uh, get some great stuff in the charity auctions. Uh, congratulations, by the way, Jacob Geller, for your big uh, sword stream, man. Incredible. Oh, you're muted, though, oh, so no, I guess uh, we'll, we'll never, never hear about it. Sorry. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. What a pleasure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, how does it feel? Uh, same as every other year, good game selection. How are you feeling after playing games for 24 hours? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the games the games were great. Um, uh, <laughs> it was Shadow of the Colossus uh, emulated. It turns out the cutscenes run at about 40% speed. And oh, so no. when we were, we were like we were like crossing the 24-hour threshold and in what was emulated like the 20 minute ending cutscene, <laughs> and at some point we just had to kind of pull the plug and be like okay oh, no. you can look up what happens oh god um uh no but it was um it was great and uh uh really bad time in the world right now so it was actually very nice to just be like i'm going to only focus on this for 24 hours and not have anything else to think yeah. about yeah that's uh, perfect kind of wish i could continuously do that <laughs> yeah uh and the archives on your youtube channel uh i it's it's being uploaded as you could imagine it's a very big file that needs to yeah. be cut up but yeah. yes right on congrats that's that's a huge accomplishment uh but hey thank you so much everybody for watching or listening to the Minmax show a reminder uh you can be in the running you will be in the running to win a spider-man 2 code for ps5 if you leave a review for the Minmax show on apple podcast let us know what you think about the show and include some way to contact you we'll randomize it uh and on monday i'll send out that code for spider-man 2 so thanks for supporting the show that really does help us the last time we did a code giveaway on uh you know apple Podcasts, like it, it boosted us in a big way and so i'm really excited to have folks jump in there we appreciate it and hopefully you get something good out of it and thanks to everybody who supports us at the game champion tier on patreon the 50 dollars tier you can officially be declared the champion of any game under the sun uh just like clemens zobel here is the champion of beautiful katamari perfect choice uh and jawar hello is the champion of brain dead 13 fantastic uh hang on let me google what brain dead 13 is real it's quick. uh it's kind of like um dragon's lair sort of oh god for playstation yeah, I, I i had a friend uh up the street who had it on his uh some console and i remember being blown away by it as a child yeah uh, maybe i should get this for our big charity stream that'd be a fun one all right but thanks again to everybody who supports us on patreon unlock a benefit over there And hey, that's it. We'll be back next week to talk about Mario Wonder and a bunch of other fun stuff. And uh, hey, until then, be good, have fun, let's go! Let's go!